welcome to The Bookmark, a podcast of the Wabash Carnegie Public Library. I'm Rachel. And I'm Laura. And it is February 1st. Happy February. Happy February. This is our sixth episode, which means officially we've been doing this for half of a year. Half of a year. Yeah. It's our... I don't know if that's a milestone when you only do it once a month. But it's it our feels, six-month anniversary. It feels significant. I mean... It's our half-aversary. Our half-aversary. I don't know. It is now. <laughs> it is now. If teenagers can celebrate dating for three weeks, then we can celebrate podcasting for six months. That is true. Okay. Well, we have some interesting and different things to do this month. And by that, I mean our... Our book talk section is going to be a little bit different. We're, we're trying some things, throwing some things at the wall and seeing what sticks when it comes to talking about books. So we have something a little different this month. But first, let's talk about what we have going on at the library in February. So the first thing I will say is that we do have some story times in February. Yes, we do. They are at the beginning and the end of the month with a little break in the middle. So if you have kids that are basically ages zero to kindergarten Mm -hmm. and you want to look at times and age groups and activity levels for our story times, check out our website and our event calendar Early stages story times are on Wednesdays and discovery story times are on Thursdays. Yes. So you can either, like I said, stop by our website and check those out or stop in and ask questions in the children's room and we can help you figure that out. And then the first thing I have written down is Kids Book Club or Beginners Book Club on the 7th. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monday, February 7th, so a week from yesterday. Kids Book Club, which is Ish by Peter H. Reynolds will be at 6.30 next Monday in the program room. It's a picture book. He's written quite a few of them, and I just find his books delightful. So I think that it's a really great one to share with your kids. He does a lot of books that work with social-emotional learning. So, I mean, it doesn't read like that when you pick it up, but it's a good opening point to talk to your kids about different things. So his books are great pick them up wonderful and we have a few available for you to pick up if you want to go to the book club so stop in we're getting pretty close to the date now so Mm -hmm. you might want to check if you need a copy of the book for your kids to read we do have a library copy so if that happens to be in go for it and i'm not aware if that's on our digital sites yeah i'm not sure either so check Um, check glibby and hoopla (laughs) but these are for your early readers kids who are just starting to read for themselves then the following day on the 8th We have Homeschool Science Club at 2 p.m. So if you are a homeschool teacher of students in kindergarten through fifth grade, Homeschool Science will feature Jen Rankin from Waste Management this month, and she's going to come and speak about recycling. So that'll be the theme. Just head to the website and get your kids signed up for that. Then on the 21st, we have another book club. We have chapter book club for more mature readers, not not like adult readers, but you know, <laughs> your, your child who can read a chapter book. Um, I think the reading level of this book is probably fourth or fifth grade. The book we're going to read is Insignificant Events in the Life of a Cactus. And we're actually using that for Battle of the Books this year as well oh, okay. because we love it so much. Mm-hmm. It's about a girl who was born without arms. Okay. And how she navigates a big family move from one part of the country to another, leaving the school she has always been in, trying to make new friends and fit in in a new place. And mm-hmm. 
it's really good. We love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the author of that book is Dusty Bowling. It sounds amazing. So, and that, again, book available in the children's room. Yes. Just sign, you can sign up online and register for it, or you can stop in and do it and pick up a book. And then if we backtrack just a little bit yes. to the 17th of February. Yes. We are doing a teen program. And it is canvas painting, and that is basically what you want it to be. So I will have paints, I will have canvases, and you can come and paint anything you want. But what I've got out for you this month is dot painting. So so we're going to do experiments in how to put paint down on a canvas, Uh not just a brush, but of course you can use that if you prefer. I'm going to have some shapes. So if you want to put like your first initial down and dot paint around it, you're welcome to do that. Or you can do really anything you want. I just bought a ton of Q-tips so we can... I was um, just going to say, are you going to rubber band Q-tips together? We can rubber band those and you can paint like that or you can use individual ones to lay down color, however you want. So we're playing around with technique. Cool. That's fun. We do have a new book discussion or a book club series starting next month in March. And the book, the first book for that series will be available for sale on the 15th or 16th of this month. Our upcoming book club series is going to be called It Hits Different. And it's going to feature three children's books that you may or may not have read. Stories that you are incredibly familiar with, I'm Mm -hmm. sure. But when you read the text for these books later in life, they just hit different than they did when you were a kid. And so we're going to look at three different books. The first one, which again will be on sale in a couple of weeks, is going to be Peter Pan. J.M. Barry's Peter Pan, which is my, full disclosure, my absolute favorite children's book. But it wasn't until I was an adult. So I'm very excited for this series. We're also going to be reading The Wonderful Wizard of Oz and Alice in Wonderland. But we're going to kick off with Peter Pan in March, and I'll remind you more about that later. But you can start signing up and purchase the book if you need to here at the Circulation Desk on the 15th or 16th of February. D&D. Oh, D&D. D&D. Do you have the date on that? Um, I believe if we look at the calendar and we're following the same pattern that we did last month, <laughs> mm. it should be on the 10th, but okay. um, we end up, may end up in the month that I'm existing in at the moment, January, <laughs> deciding to meet more frequently than, mm-hmm. than just once a month. So if you're curious about that, check our website, call yep. the library, yep. whatever you want to do, and we would love to have you. It will be on <clears> Thursday. Yeah, we'll be on Thursday. Uh, which Thursday is what we're not entirely sure about. So mm-hmm. keep an eye out and give us a call. Yes. For sure. Because so. we want you. Yes. Join us. Bring your <laughs> dice. Quest with us. Yes. The winter reading challenge is still going oh, on. Oh, yeah. For the rest of February. Yeah, for the rest Good of February. Call. So if you have not jumped in on our winter reading challenge, come and join us. We're doing weekly drawings in the children's winter reading challenge and a drawing at the end of February for the adult and teen reading challenge. Mm-hmm. So we hope you join us. And I can tell, I feel comfortable saying this now. We have the prizes for the adult re- reading challenge. And if you like cozy reading. Yes. Uh, we yes. have your choice for the winner. Your choice of, of uh, hot chocolate bombs or tea. A beautiful assortment of tea that Laura chose. Because I'm an elitist when it comes to tea. <laughs> There's nobody better to pick good tea than Laura. It makes um, a difference. We will give you a library coffee mug, travel coffee mug. And we have a really soft and cozy gray and white Sherpa lined 
blanket. I spent last weekend wrapped up in a blanket drinking coffee and reading a book. And so I highly recommend no activity more. I did that last (laughs) night, except not with coffee with hot chocolate. And it was beautiful. Yes. It's the best. So that's the prize for the adults. Kids are getting, are they doing blankets as well? They're doing a variety of things. We've got some movie passes. Oh, okay. Um, We've got some blankets, some bracelets um, that are the poppet kind of thing. Oh, okay. We've got a bunch of different things. Okay. That's so there, and those are weekly, and then yeah. teens and adults, everything that you read that applies to the challenge is an entry into the drawing. You have to stop in to enter. Yeah. You can't do that online, but you can stop in and enter, and at the end of this month, we will draw that winner. Yes. And we live in Indiana, so it'll still be cold enough to enjoy oh, yeah, it will. all of those. March is like the most miserable <laughs> month of the year, I think, <laughs> at least the first part of March. Agreed. So you're going to enjoy this. Agreed. Let's move on to this month's book talk. And instead of just recommending to you whatever we've been reading that we've been loving, Laura and I decided that what we would do is recommend to each other a book that we had already read. So she and I can kind of have a a vague conversation about these books and know that both of us have already read them so we can have an informed conversation about them. A little more give and take than normal. (laughs) Yeah, not just one of us sitting there going, oh, uh uh-huh. You have to read this right now. Actually leave this podcast and go read this book (laughs) and then come back and talk to me about it. Well, and you could do that with these. I will tell you to start with that Laura suggested to me Richard Osmond's Thursday Murder Club. It's a series now, has two books in it, but I read the first one. And I highly recommend it. And I know she does too. So if you want to stop this podcast and go read it before you listen to us talk about it, you can. The other title that Rachel recommended to me was The Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle, which came out a few years ago and it was on my radar. And I kept looking at it and saying, I need to read that. I need to read that. Multiple people told me that I should read it and that I would like it. These people now, in retrospect, have all been proven correct. That was a book that I struggled. I will, in full transparency, I struggled to think of a title for Laura that I had read that she hadn't, that I thought she would also like. Because chances are, if it's the kind of book I would like, She's probably already read it. I will put this warning up front. We are going to try our best to stay as spoiler-free as possible. We are talking about two mysteries. Yes. Um, one of which is incredibly hard to talk about without giving anything away. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, so, yes. In the next few minutes, however many it may be, we may slip some spoilers in. Sure. So, if we'll try to give you a warning. Before we do, and a legit warning, not like a throwaway spoiler warning. And then, yeah, we'll try to give you some warning if you want to read the book and be surprised. Yes. But we may talk about some things that are a bit spoilery on these two books. And if, so. if you're my friend Jennifer and you think that the description on the back of the book is a spoiler, <laughs> just turn it off now. I love you, Jen, but still, <laughs> I'm gonna put the timestamp at the bottom of when we're done with this section Mm -hmm. so that you can skip this and then come back to it if you want to pick up one Mm -hmm. of these books. Mm -hmm. Just so that if you can live your life unspoiled completely. (laughs) And in, I, I would say, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I would say if you're going, if you have not read and plan to read 
especially the seven and a half deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle, do not listen to this discussion. No, don't listen to it at all. You need to be. This is one that, um, do you remember when Marvel released, I think it was either Endgame or like one of the Avengers movies. And they, they had a hashtag, Thanos demands your silence. <laughs> it was on everything. They Every uh-huh. single trailer had Thanos demands your silence, uh-huh. as in, go watch this. But you can't tell anyone yeah, what you saw. It. That's how it is when you read this book. Mm-hmm. You can read this book, <laughs> and you've now experienced something, and you cannot share any of that with another person. So when you try and describe it, you cannot yeah. without giving away important plot points that will impact how another person <laughs> reads this book. So, The Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle was the debut novel of Stuart Turton. Well, he has since released another book called The Devil in the Dark Water, which I have not read but looks really good too. But he described The Seven and a Half Deaths as an Agatha Christie novel set in a Groundhog Day loop with some Quantum Leap body swapping thrown in. That's pretty accurate. (laughs) It also reminded me of, do you remember the movie Clue? Did you watch Clue? Yes, yes. At the end of the movie Clue on DVD, this is not what they did in the movies, but in DVD mm-hmm. they would show you an ending and then jump you back and show you an ending and yes. jump you back. That is what this book does. <laughs> yep. You're in the body of different people, mm-hmm. and as the protagonist, for a part of the book, you don't even know your own name. Yes. So you're existing in hosts mm-hmm. and reliving the same day in those bodies eight times. Mm-hmm. And it's so trippy. And when when I read books like this and need to talk about them, one of the first things I do is go to three-star Goodread reviews. <laughs> that is what <laughs> Overdue Podcast sings it. But the three-star reviews are where people tried their best, but it just fell apart <laughs> for them. And most of them are just overwhelmed Mm -hmm. um, because that is a very different and interesting way to tell a story. And my way of getting around that was to bookmark the page that had the identities of every person. So so this person is the brother and this person's a doctor and this person is the parent. Mm -hmm. And you have that on a little page and I read it in a Kindle so Mm -hmm. I could just jump back to that. That probably would solve that for you if you are easily confused (laughs) by very creative and interesting storytelling. There are two things that I love about it and one weirdly is how unsettling it is. It takes every structure that you think you enjoy in novels mm-hmm. and just tears them apart. Yes. There is the structure of the, I mean, the acts and things like that that are pretty traditionally, they're, they're still there. Yes. So your beginning, middle, and end are still there, but. But you're experiencing them eight times. Yes. And, and also in, only once. Yes. And I I am not a person who enjoys non-linear storytelling. I get very confused. I am. <laughs> See, typically there are movies that play around with timeline and time travel. And as big a fan of Doctor Who as I am, that sounds weird. <laughs> like, that's time travel. To be fair, sometimes I think authors and writers are not as careful with explaining the rules of their time mm-hmm. travel or their time jumping oh yeah as others Uh, this one i don't know why i loved that about it that i kept jumping around sure and didn't really know where i was or who i was with for a person who feels anxious a lot same (laughs) it surprised me how much i enjoyed that sort of tension Mm -hmm. that comes from having no idea what's going on yeah and so that was one thing that i loved about it i liked how even as you are following this 
protagonist, which is what I called them through most of the book. Mm-hmm. I called them the protagonist. <laughs> right. Um, through host after host after host. And you think you're gathering all this information from those experiences. And this is also a legitimate spoiler. <laughs> More is going on than your host is telling, your, your, mm-hmm. your protagonist is telling you. The protagonist is interacting with people, making plans, and it, it ends up impacting the story, and you're surprised. Mm-hmm. So even though you know everything that's going on in the head of the person that you are occupying, you're still surprised, mm-hmm. which is kind of wild yeah, and very fun. And so I can understand why people would say that they felt overwhelmed with this kind of mm-hmm. storytelling, but I thought it was so creative and mm-hmm. different and... Really, I'm interested to see what kind of books this author comes out with again. Mm-hmm. Because if you're writing speculative fiction like this, it's you're mm-hmm. you're good. I would say that the other thing that really kind of caught me off guard, I think it's mm-hmm. fair to say, is that I expected I expected one thing out oh, yeah. of the book. If my timeline in my own head is correct, because I did not read this book as soon as it came out either. No, but I'm fairly certain that I read it not long after I had seen Knives Out, which... Oh yeah, that would definitely throw you. Not in order to, you know, make it the official movie of the podcast, no. but we do talk about it a lot. Oh, I, I it's love It's so Knives good. Out. But I think I was expecting it to be like that, and in yeah. some ways it sort of is, in that you think you know what's happening. Mm-hmm. So I was expecting like a fun sort of sci-fi twist on a... Agatha Christie style mystery. Yes. Like a bottle mystery. A locked room. Yes. Yes. That's what what I I was was expecting. expecting. What caught me off guard the most, even more than the structure, was how thought provoking Mm -hmm. it ended up being. And without going into to major spoilers, though I would love to have that conversation as well. The bookmark after dark spoiler (laughs) edition. I was shocked by how long I thought about the themes that were introduced in this book. Yeah. Not just the things that happened, not just the plot or even the characters who, many of whom I explained to Laura this morning, I still don't remember their names because it's been so long and they're main characters, but they're not main in my head. What's central in my head is the the concept of this and the really fascinating question that is posed by the end of the book. Mm -hmm. But I saved a quote because I feel like this is the question of the novel and it's asked in the first chapter. Oh, brilliant. And it is, how lost do you have to be to let the devil lead you home? This lost, I decide, precisely this lost. (laughs) So that tells you a lot about this book, Mm -hmm. um, about the we told you the premise, but there's more going on than, oh, so than this. Much. And that was what threw me the most, was discovering that this is not what it looks like. Mm-hmm. So even as you're reading your Agatha Christie-type locked room mystery, jumping from body to body, you're not experiencing the world the way you think you are. Yep. And that's all I'm going to tell you about that, because yep. that does give away the entire book. Yes. Laura and I both this morning said, I don't know how we're going to talk about this book yeah. without giving it away. Exactly. It's- It is impossible, Mm -hmm. but I think to a degree that's why I loved it as much as I did, is that you don't often, especially for us, I think, because we read a lot and we are familiar with the framework of book discussion and how to pick Mm -hmm. a book apart and discuss it and which angles to come at it and to find one where you just sit and go, I don't know how to do this. Yeah, that's wild. It's wild. Mm -hmm. And the questions you ask about identity Mm -hmm. and about guilt and innocence Mm -hmm. and about culpability, just 
it makes you think a lot, mm-hmm. and you should definitely do read this. Bethany was right when she told me to read it when it came out. She put it on hold for me. Bethany upstairs. Yep. We were going to talk to her later. Yep. She was right. and She's I, the one that recommended it yeah. to me, too. Her mind was blown. Check it out. Read it. And then stop in and grab Laura or I and, and just say, hey, I need somebody to talk to about this book. And we will, either one of us, yeah. say, Please come aside. Let's discuss. Yeah. So the seven and a half deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle, a hundred percent recommended from mm-hmm. me and me and from Laura. So that was one book that we recommend this month. The other book is the one that Laura posed for me, and she came to my desk and said, "Have you read Thursday Murder Club?" And I said, "No, but I've seen it, and I would like to because here's a tidbit of information about me. I'm obsessed with British panel shows." Yeah. I am obsessed with them. Yes. I was watching one last night on YouTube and just, next, next. (laughs) I love them. And so my first exposure to Richard Osman, who wrote this book, was on, I believe, a show called Would I Lie to You? Probably. He was also a contestant on Taskmaster. Yes, he was. I have seen him in in many different shows. I've caught a couple of shows that he, Pointless, the show that he's Mm -hmm. probably the most famous for hosting, for presenting. But before that, he was a producer, a television producer and writer. Mm -hmm. And so I was very familiar with him in a television sense. And so when I saw his book come out, I thought, oh, I bet that's interesting. But I never read it. Yeah. And so when you brought it up, I thought, yes! It's an excuse to read this book I've been wanting to read. The Thursday Murder Club is a group of elderly people who live in a retirement community, and they have little cottages all next door. Your grandparents may live in such a place. (laughs) And they get together on Thursdays in the puzzle room to... The jigsaw. The jigsaw puzzle room. To um, discuss cold cases together and put their very different minds with their very different expertise towards solving these old crimes. And then one day at their little community, there is an actual murder. (laughs) So the Thursday Murder Club decides in their infinite wisdom to give the police a hand. (laughs) And that's the premise of the book. And they'll trade information with the police is what they think. That's what they think. And and so in the process, you meet, you know, the club, you meet some of the other Mm -hmm. residents, you meet the police detectives Mm -hmm. who I love. I do too. And it's delightful. And it is so good. Great in audio, great in print. If you would like to read The Thursday Murder Club and you do not currently have a copy of it secured, you want to check it out from the library, I highly suggest putting it on hold now and expecting mm-hmm. that you won't read it for another month. Yeah. Because Laura and I traded these titles a month ago. Yes. I cried and tried and tried to get my hands on this book. And I was like one of 30-something on Libby. It wasn't available on Hoopla. Our copy had several holds on it here That's at the library. That's Coming by a copy of this book was incredibly difficult to the point that I was panicking last week thinking, I'm not going to get this book read. And my husband ordered it from Amazon for me without telling me. And it arrived on Saturday night, but I didn't get it out of the mailbox until Sunday. And I cracked it open about nine o'clock Sunday morning and read 30 pages. And then I had other stuff I had to do. Mm-hmm. And about 4.30, 5 o'clock Sunday night, I sat down and read the rest of it. Yeah. I have not read an entire book in a day in I don't know how long. Mm-hmm. It was so engaging from the beginning. These characters are so lovely. Yes. They are a delight. You have 
I'll just run through. Joyce is a former nurse. Mm -hmm. She's the only person you really get first person information from in the book. You have Elizabeth, who is... From all I can tell, a former spy. Mm-hmm. But I don't, they never say that, but they give you enough, yeah. I think, hints to realize she's amazing. And I picture her, and we talked about this earlier, she's Helen Mirren. She is Helen Mirren. Because did you tea. ever watch Prime Suspect? Helen Mirren. The very beginning of it, yes. yes. Her character in, in that gives you this idea, this hard-boiled detective kind of person, and um, that's not the character she plays, or, or that Elizabeth uh-huh. is, but I just picture, like, Elizabeth is this lady, mm-hmm. but she's got a little bit of this. Yes, and she is no-nonsense. Uh, oh, you're being ridiculous if you think you're going to tell me no. Yeah. She's brilliant. I love her. There's Ibrahim. Uh, and in the... In the audio, it's Ibrahim. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Or as another character calls him, Ibzi. Yes. Um, he is a psycho- a retired psychologist, mm-hmm. psychiatrist. Yeah. Um, I love him. He's incredible. His love precise. of numbers and details. He's he's a delight. And then there's Ron, who is a former trades union representative, and he is always itching for a fight and never believes anything anyone tells him. He's like the polar opposite. Yes. Of Ibrahim. Yes. And I love them together. And, oh, they're, uh, <laughs> toward the end, there's a, a moment when they're sitting together sharing a drink. I just think to myself, that is a, I would watch those two men on yes. their own solving crimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Best friend goals oh, for that. They're, yes. they are, I love them. I love all four of them, though. Yes. And they are, they work so well together. And I will say, the things that I loved about this book. I started making notes while I was reading it. I love, obviously, first of all, the sensitivity and the respect and affection that he writes, not only retirees or pensioners, Mm -hmm. as they're called in the UK, because you couldn't write that book without some respect for their age group. And have them be ridiculous. Yeah. But that is not the way that, that he approached it. And I really appreciate They that. are, while not fully physically capable of some things, they are fully capable. And, yeah. And their experience lends to how brilliant they are. Yes. And so I love that. But I also love the way that he explores relationships between people at that age. Yes. So not only the club members, but Elizabeth and another character, Penny. Yes. Or Elizabeth and, and Stephen. Mm-hmm. Bogdan. And yeah, Bogdan. That all of those relationships between people who are in their 70s and 80s with each other, even mm-hmm. in a brief portion of Joyce talking about her friends from back home before she moved, and just mm-hmm. the beautiful affection in those relationships where Elizabeth's friend Penny is has had multiple strokes and she but she still speaks to her with the same affection that she always did and and she's just it's hard to explain until you read it but Mm -hmm. the relationships between people are so well done and also between parents and children to see those relationships from the perspective of the aging parent yes and not from people our age who are normally the stars of novels that feature older people exactly and so I loved that I also really love the way that exposition is revealed 
organically over time. Mm-hmm. You're not, nothing ever feels forced. True. And even when it's drawn out, it's delightfully drawn out to the point where when things are revealed, you just go, oh, yeah. Well, isn't that interesting? Like, I didn't yes. even realize I was missing that piece of the uh-huh. puzzle. And so he does a beautiful job with red herrings and, mm-hmm. and filling in and tying up loopholes. And it's just very well constructed and yeah. very well done. I also really enjoy the exploration of memory. Oh, yeah. In the book. Yeah. Not just about holding on to it mm-hmm. or the lack thereof. There's a there's a point in the book where it says memory was the boogeyman that stalked Cooper's chase, which is where the book takes mm-hmm. place. And there are several characters who are constantly worried about losing their memories. Mm-hmm. And, and at what point does losing that mean losing yourself? But the entire book deals with memory and cases that took place 20 years ago, 50 years ago. Yeah. Um, in a way that you couldn't tie all that stuff together so brilliantly if your protagonists were younger. True. Because all of your protagonists have lived all of this life. And so you have such a rich tapestry to draw from. And I love that so much. I just, I loved them. There's a point when Joyce says, you always know when it's your first time, don't you? But you rarely know when it's your final time. Yeah. And that felt incredibly profound to me. I think at every stage of life you find, especially like with friendships even, as friendships grow and change and evolve over time, you never know when the last time you're talking to somebody is. And that's not even to be morbid. It's just to say that person may move on and you just lose touch and you don't know. And then there's also this acceptance that is sort of refreshing in a weird way of these characters where there's a line very simply that just says life goes on until it doesn't. Yeah. And it's this idea that they've all reached this place of accepting that they're not going to live forever. No, and they're planning in this sphere of the next five to ten years. Yes. And there's this, there's no illusions of immortality. No. And it's kind of refreshing in that way for them just to be like, okay, well, this is how life is. Mm -hmm. And even when one of their own passes, Mm -hmm. you know, there's an expectation that it was going to happen. Yes. Not that there's not sadness and grief, but an acceptance of mortality. Yes. That I don't even know that we have at our age yet. No. So I really loved that. And then the last thing that I have is just llamas. Yeah. Yeah. I, every reference made to those llamas by the end made me laugh so hard. It's just so So there's a very small, it's just a scene setting thing more than anything mm-hmm. but that the person who built cooper's chase bought two llamas just for fun basically on a laugh because they would be on the hillside and you'd love them and now there are 20 yes <laughs> and all, there are several people who pass those llamas and are like oh, those llamas <laughs> it made me laugh so hard i just loved everything about it and i'm so grateful that i have the second book in my bag right now to start but I didn't want to start it until after this conversation because there are things that because I've read the second Mm -hmm. book I desperately want to laugh with you about that we can't laugh about yet right because he touches on themes in the second book that he's also touched on in the first book it's so delightful and it is it I would say in the tradition of MC Beaton Yes. Which I saw somebody explain it as laugh out loud funny, which I didn't think it was. 
there are a couple of places. There are a few places where I cried hysterically uh-huh. just sitting in my bedroom mm-hmm. because I was just heartbroken with people. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then there were other times where the dryness of the humor mm-hmm. made me laugh out loud. Mm-hmm. But I think that the second book is funnier than mm-hmm. the first book. But I wouldn't have the second book without the first book. You need that first right. book. Right. Well, it's, it is a it's two thumbs up huge recommendation yes. from me if you're into cozy mysteries especially because it is the coziest of the and, yes. and inherently this is another thing that I have seen people say and it's so true inherently British oh absolutely so British if you like to watch British television mm-hmm. you will love this book yes true if you think as you read it that it should be a screenplay it will be mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> um, fear not yeah, rights have already not. been bought it will be um it's just brilliant. And it's like sitting down and reading your favorite TV show. Yes. Um, yes, very much. And you'll love it. So grab it, read it. It is, without being overt, it's very visual. In yes. as much as you can see everything happening. And, and as Laura pointed out this morning, you can tell it's written by someone with television experience. Yes. Because you feel like you're there. And you you see the set, mm-hmm. um, and it's very very yeah. easy to see it translated into film. Yes, which I'm glad that it will be because yeah. I want it. As am I. I mean, we didn't talk anything about like the basic plot of either of no, them really, cause, but cause we don't want to ruin them for you. Yes, true. Okay, so read them. Highly recommended. Both are available through multiple channels yes. from the library, so you can check them out if you don't want to buy them. I would not shy away from recommending buying both of them in this case. Agreed. All right. So. Okay. So for this month's featured staff of the month, we are welcoming Bethany. Hello. In the interest of full disclosure, we are doing remote recording for the first time. So bear with us. I'm going to do my best to make it sound natural. Okay, so we have five questions for you, Bethany, that will help us get to know you better, hopefully. The first one being, what do you do here? I am the technical service manager, and I also oversee our genealogy area. I specifically order all of the adult materials. I do the selecting for most of the adult materials. And I catalog all of the adult materials. I have two assistants that are under me that help me with tech services. And as a department, we handle all the repairs, the processing, getting the books into our computer system so you can see them when you search our catalog and get the materials ready to be added into our collection at the library. And then any genealogy requests that come in, we handle and order the genealogy materials and create the obituary books and indexes and all of that, too. Such a big job for a relatively small department. You guys do (laughs) so much work. Yes, it's a lot. It's a lot of variety, too. Yeah. Sometimes you'll go upstairs to the staff room and you just see like 15 carts surrounding one small human, <laughs> and that human is Bethany. Yes. <laughs> Stuck in the book prison of her office. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Okay, I have another question for you, and this one I'm very excited mm-hmm. to hear the answer for. It's, if you could write a book about your life, what would the title be? 
The title would be, It's Okay to Trip on Thin Air. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. That's perfect for you. So (laughs) appropriate. That is perfect for you. Yes. Because uh, I have literally seen you do that. Yes. Not only yes. have I seen you do that, but you're the one who shows me footage of you doing that. Yes. Like, you're so, <laughs> yes. so self-aware. You're like, look at this thing I did. Yes. <laughs> Bethany is the reason that I keep cold packs in the refrigerator in the program room. <laughs> yes. I am very, very accident prone. If there is a way or even not a way to injure yourself, I can do it. Yes. It's true. I'm sorry. People falling down is the funniest thing to me anyway. You. To clarify, if someone falls down and gets hurt, that's not funny to me. No. No, but no. people just falling down that is funny. me every time alternately though if you weren't the one to write your life story but someone else was who would you want to write it for you I would want the author Charles Martin to write my life uh, story because yeah. he is my absolute favorite now writer he just knows how to write people Mm. And he knows how to just get to the grit and the center of who that person is and write their story. And even the characters that are surrounding that person all have different personalities. And he just really can write people. And his stories are good too, but he just, he knows how to write a person. Laura and I do a lot of book recommendations on this podcast But if you're looking for mysteries or Christian fiction specifically, Bethany is the person to go to because she has solid recommendations. And because she processes every book that comes into the library, once she knows what you like, she can find other things that are like that book that you like. Yes. I put in a ton of book requests in my life, but there are always days where I get something that comes downstairs and I think, did I want this? That happens to me too. And, and it's surprise Bethany present. And <laughs> I get to read them. And there are so many good books I have found because Bethany has recommended them yeah. to me. And there are particular patrons that I know are okay with it. And I will do that. And so if you're a patron that would be okay with just getting a surprise hold and I learn your reading habits, <laughs> then I will. Let Just let me know. We just talked about you earlier in the podcast because... I recommended to Laura to read The Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle. Yeah. And she did. And we were both talking about how that initial recommendation came from you. You were the first one to read it. And you were right. You had a good book. You had recommended it to me. And I didn't get through it before there was another hold on it. And I just never got back to it until now. And it was so good. It was so good. (laughs) What is your favorite thing right now as a human being? What do you love? I recently, a few months ago, started a meal delivery service. It has brought back my joy of cooking. Mm. And because I was about seven years ago diagnosed with two mold allergies that are unfortunately in food. And so it drastically limited my diet. (laughs) And it's been very frustrating to learn how to basically cook again without a lot of things or to find alternative things. And using this meal service, I've been able to realize, hey, I can cook all these different things 
and they still taste good and they're filling and I don't have to do a lot of adaptations to them and it's just it's really been nice to... that's fantastic didn't yeah. you make like your own cheese at home the other like dairy-free yes. vegan non-mold it wasn't cheese? vegan but um because I did use actual whipping cream mm. But it's the it's only two ingredients: whipping cream and lemon juice. Oh, okay. And then I can also do. I've done it with half and half, and I tried it with lime juice this time, just for a different flavor. But heavy whipping cream makes a good sour cream with lemon juice. Half and half, for whatever reason, curdles more than heavy cream, and that makes more of a cream cheese texture. And if you do whole milk with lemon juice, then that gives more like a ricotta. And hmm. I've gotten pretty good at doing those. Hilariously, I have also been diagnosed with a mold allergy that Bethany has. I just haven't quit anything. And there's a, <laughs> there are complications due to that. And I have a lot of other problems because of that. But you can't take my blue cheese away from me. If you could keep any three apps on your phone, which ones would you keep? I have a question for that. Okay. Like I have an answer, but I have a question before I answer because it could change my answer. Well, here's the caveat that we always give. If you need yes. the app for your job, you can keep it. Mm -hmm. If the app comes standard with your phone, you can keep it. If I have a category, can I keep the category? No. <laughs> Although I kind of got around it by saying I wanted to keep the entire family of Amazon apps. Which I liked your answer and I want to do the same. <laughs> so I just have. You can't like keep your whole social media category. Uh -uh. Yes. I was wanting to keep my finance one. Mm. was the one I was wanting because then I have like all my bill paying stuff in my finance category and I have my bank app. But if I can't keep that, then I want to keep all of Amazon. Okay. I want to keep my bank. Okay. And I want to keep my Bible app. Okay. Because that works. I really, everybody's really all good. into this Bible app thing. And I have never used a Bible app in my life. I always have my print Bible. I'm going to have to try this situation. I can flip to different versions and I can look up stuff because it has mm -hmm. the concordance that's part of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then it has the studies that are within it too. And I just and, like having and, a keyword search. Yeah, that would be helpful. Especially and, when I know a phrase from a certain mm -hmm. version, but I can't remember where you can find it. See, my so, dad, I think all of our dads are pastors. Yes, yep. all three of us. Um, <laughs> but my dad is my uh, is my keyword search <laughs> because he has memorized these things so much that I can just say, hey, where does it say this? And if he doesn't know immediately, he has it in the next three like three minutes. So, yes. So Bethany, what is the best advice that you've ever received? Take time to enjoy the small things and then to stop overthinking. Oh, that's, that's what I need to figure out how to do. Does that yes. advice also come with a how to do that? Yeah. I have socks that say, shh, I'm overthinking. That's, I thought I was an overthinker and then I came and worked here with all the people that work here and I realized I'm not so bad. <laughs> then you met me is what you're saying. <laughs> then you realize that if you take a whole bunch of people who overthink and put them all in the same room, it can be awesome or it can be disaster. <laughs> 
you get oh my goodness. here's what happens we try when you get we try yeah. here's what happens when you get a whole bunch of people who overthink in the same room at the same time is you end up thinking of every possible thing that could go wrong yes that never will but all the things that could and then you are paralyzed with uh we shouldn't do this it could be horrible yeah. And, and then, then you end up with one person who goes, eh, let's give it a shot anyway. Yes. And it's fine. Or you end up with one person who just gives a very, very practical solution <laughs> that seems extremely obvious. And then everybody else just goes, oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, oh how about that? I guess we can do that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for answering our questions. We want to make our featured service this month our genealogy services. And if you could just give a quick overview to people about what we offer in terms of researching family history and genealogy here at the library. Yes. So we subscribe to multiple databases that you can search at home with your genealogy or you can come into the library and search your family history. The ones that are specific to newspapers are newspaper archives. That one is the earlier date. Then the more recent is Newsbank. There is a chunk of time because of copyright issues that neither one covers. It's kind of a black hole of time <laughs> where you're not going to find anything in those time years and I did not write those time years down and so I don't have them are those then, sorry are, can people access those from home or do they need to come in here yes no those you can access at home and I'm sorry yes no the only one <laughs> You could do both, but okay, you could access them at home and here at the library. But something okay. like Ancestry.com, you have to be in the building. Yes, and they did have a special that they did during the pandemic, and I recently got an email saying they were revoking that, and they were going back to where it is going to be in-house only. So for a very limited time, people did have access to Ancestry Professional at home. <laughs> But now it is back to just being in the library. So you okay. have to visit us. That's yes. Come and see us. Yes. But there is a new, another database that's called My Heritage. And that one is very similar to Ancestry. It's a newer company, not as old as Ancestry, but they offer tons of information. You can create a family tree on it, just like you can with Ancestry. And you can access that one at home with oh, your nice. library card. Yeah, okay. all of them you need library cards with. Oh, okay. And then there's one that we are uploading our genealogy information on called Biblioboard. And that one, as long as you're in the city limits, then you do not have to have a library card, but you can have access to it. And so right now we have, there are some Wabash Plain Dealer years that are up. There are quite a few yearbooks up now. When we drop this podcast, I will make a Facebook post. I'll do a Facebook Instagram post with the link to our genealogy tab on our website. Mm -hmm. And Laura can put that in the show notes as well. Yeah. And so if you just visit the genealogy section of our website, you can find links to these things that Bethany is talking about now. What about just, services that we have available for people who either don't have a library card or 
just people who are not very comfortable looking it up themselves on the internet. If it's something where you need someone's obituary and you have at least the month that and year that it's in, possibly a general date, then mm-hmm. you can email the library. There's a form that you can fill out that's in the under the genealogy tab. Okay. And you can do a genealogy request and we will get that to you. If it's just a, hey, my ancestor died, here's their name, Hmm. we're going to need more information. Right. We have a lot of that information in-house too, if you want to come in and look, especially obituaries. And we also have microfilm. We have going back into the 1800s, so you can sign up for one of our microfilm machines and- Mm -hmm look at old newspapers yep which is fun it's really really fun (laughs) it's fascinating even if you're not specifically looking for a part of your own family history you just want to look at what Wabash was like at a certain point in time it's fascinating it's just so entertaining they wrote about everything yeah they wrote about like rumors about people stuff that you could never print now man Back, some of those back in the 1800s blew my mind, like talking about who was going to whose house for lunch after church on Sunday. I know Just, it. Yeah. If somebody went to Indianapolis, oh, that was big news. <laughs> it made the news. <laughs> or even North Manchester. There yeah. is such and such family went to North Manchester today. <laughs> so oh. in Wabash, we're actually incredibly fortunate to have very comprehensive collections at both our library and our museum in terms of historical documentation, but what specifically, if you're looking, because I know we get people that ask things about like house history and things like that. And sometimes there's one of us will be a better source of information than the other for certain things. What specific information do you think we offer here that we have that you can say, maybe not unequivocally, but pretty comprehensively, if you're looking for this, come to us. If you're wanting a death, then we're the one to give record of a death. (laughs) Yes. If you're wanting an obituary or a death (laughs) record, then more than likely we can find that for you. Okay. We don't have as much information of birth and marriage. Okay. We have a few years, but not Mm -hmm. very many. Uh, We have cemetery collections, and so we can help find where a person is buried. Mm -hmm. We We have a lot of, like, plat books and those kinds of things. Yeah, so where your ancestor may have lived, Mm -hmm. because we have the city directories, we have the plat books, we have census records. So we can tell you where a person lived, and we can tell you where they died. And if we can't find it here, we're more than happy to help you figure out where you can find it. Yes. Um, but for and sure, if it's those more of things... a property information, his, like a historical building or house, mm-hmm. or that's going to be more at the museum. Okay. And photographs would be at the museum. Yes. We just don't have the storage right. capabilities for right. photographs. Okay. Yes. Like I've never done Good any genealogy before in my life. Do we have anything to help me get started? Yes, we do. We have a genealogy packet that we sell and it has everything. It has charts to use. It has where to start. 
the information that you need to start from the beginning. It has where to go. And so different offices around the county have different information and it tells you which offices have the various different information. And one of the things too is different states store things differently. And so what's true in Indiana will not be true in Illinois or Ohio or Michigan. And so you want to check the various different state sites. Usually there is something on the state site that will say where different documents are kept, which part of our genealogy link, we do have other state information links. And then we have links for our own state information of where to find stuff as well. But in the packet, it has where to go. And that's handy. Yes. And And it has the um, information of what is at the museum as well. Well, Bethany, thank you very much for your time and for filling us in on genealogy specifically, but in all the things that you do. Yes, you are welcome. Do we have any admin this month? (laughs) Well, COVID's still a thing. I know. Still a thing. Yeah. So So keep an eye on, you know, whether or not you need to pick up a kit instead of coming to a craft or whether we've gone virtual with things. And yeah. And we, I will say this, like you're listening to a podcast. So obviously you exist in some form or fashion in the virtual space. So Mm -hmm. if we do need to move to virtual programming of any kind, please take part and engage in that virtual programming. We have learned a lot in the last couple of years about making tutorial videos and take-home kits and communicating in this way, but we're still looking to grow that virtual audience Mm -hmm. a little bit. And so if you are comfortable with even participating in anything we do virtually please do uh if you watch a tutorial video on facebook give it a thumbs up comment on it yeah that goes engagement of any kind goes a long way even when we post the hey there's a new podcast up post Mm -hmm. engaging with that is super helpful so yeah check and see if we go virtual join us yes could be a wild ride (laughs) Also, keep an eye out for weather closures. February is usually the big bad when it comes to snow or ice. Yeah. We don't know. I would love it if we didn't have to deal with any of it, but more often than not, there's (laughs) at least some. (laughs) We live in a zone where that happens. That is true. So keep an eye on our Facebook page specifically, Facebook and Instagram, but also on our website. If we need to close due to weather, we will make sure that you know it and you just make sure that you do what you need to do to keep safe. And if you have items that you're worried about their due date, give us a call, talk to us about it because mm-hmm. we are we are not militant about those things. Your safety is the most important thing yes, to us. it is. So. But do let us know because yes. we can't help you with things if we don't know you have them. True. So let us know. Very true on that note i'm i'm done my brain gave up can like, I, can on I, that I, note i got nothing on else that no peace i'm out says rachel <laughs> well Mic like us drop. subscribe to things thumbs up share with your friends all of those things help us spread the podcast to more people in our area and beyond yes share 
Yeah. Just share the post that says, hey, it's time for another episode of the podcast. Mm-hmm. We can't wait to get even more ears on our nonsensical rambling oh about goodness. the things we love and the things we're doing. So help us out. Yes. <laughs> All right. Until next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.